Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Well, it is a pleasure to have Pastor Michael uh, Disanike with us, not a stranger to our church, and it's great to have uh, Debbie's wife with, uh, with us as well. Uh, today, they've been a friends of this church for quite a number of years. And for those that don't know Pastor Michael and Deb, they've been involved in ministry for over 45 years and uh, overseen the, uh, the Assemblies of God in uh, Sri Lanka for about 18 years, about 550 churches, part of that. is now involved in reaching um, uh, unreached people groups uh, in, in, uh, in the world uh, through an organization called Southern Asian uh, Mission. Um, and is doing an amazing work throughout the world, and we want to certainly partner with some of the work that he's doing uh, as well in different nations of the world. He's a great man of God. Uh, he's the real deal, uh, heart to serve God and serve the purposes of God. I know that God is going to uh, speak to us uh, through his word today. So would you give him a big, big uh, warm welcome as he comes to minister the word? Thank you, Pastor Joe, for inviting us to be here with you, with, with you, with you all this morning. Uh, it's a great joy to come back again to Adelaide. Uh, we go back many years when Pastor Elio was uh, here. Uh, it, it's uh, not a strange way, but in, a, in God's way, uh, Pastor Elio and I went to Bible school in New Zealand, and then we lost connection for about 25 years. And then once I was traveling through Melbourne, I preached in an Italian church, and then they said, uh, our pastor is in Adelaide. I said, uh, can you tell me the name of the pastors? And they said, Pastor Ilio. And so we connected after 25 years and then came here. And since then, we have had this connection. Uh, thank God for that. My wife is here with me today. Uh, I know Joe said a lot of things about me, but uh, if you really want to know who I am, just ask my wife. And, and she can tell the real person who I am. Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, thank you, Pastor Joe, again for this opportunity. And today's your focus is on missions, on what God wants to do through you. You know, most of the time we want God to do many things to us, isn't it? It's all about receiving. But uh, God can also do through you, not only to you but through you. And this morning, I pray that will be your focus, not how much I receive, but how much I am flowing out. And that's what the mission of God is. Uh, just to share a brief uh, introduction of what we do is about the unfinished task in missions. Uh, uh, as you know, the mission of God has to be finished. Uh, it's like passing the baton, the relay has started, now we are running the last lap, and we need to finish the task. And so uh, in Southern Asia, that's where we are, uh, been focusing on uh, the largest number of lost people are in that region, uh, nearly two billion people in seven nations, and also the largest number of uh, people groups, what you call the ethnic groups, are in that region. So. Our role, main role is to encourage everybody to think of not only as people, but also as people groups, the ethnic groups, 
All of you belong to some ethnic group, either Italian or Chinese or Indian, uh, whatever that group is. Uh, God wants to really see every nation disciple, every nation, every ethnic group disciple. Uh, sadly, uh, of course, there are 17,000 people groups in the world today. And Jesus, when he gave that commission to those 11 fishermen or ordinary people, he said, go into all the nations, all the ethnic groups, and make disciples of all nations. Of course, today we are trying to disciple Christians, right? <laughs> we say, if you are a Christian, be a disciple. But the early church, they never had Christians. They had disciples who were called Christians, right, <laughs> in Antioch. Uh, so what Jesus meant was to disciple the nations, ethnic groups. And some of you are here today because your ethnic group was disciples. There were converts. There were churches. There are Bible schools. There are Bibles in your language. But there are about 4,000 4,000 people, ethnic groups, uh, out of which about 3,000 are in South Asia. <laughs> uh, they don't have a Bible in their language. They don't have a church. They don't have a leadership to reach their own people. So that's the mission that we are involved in, and we'd like you to partner with us uh, in that. Amen? Amen. This morning I want to share with you uh, the heart of God, which was revealed through Jesus and that heart was his, uh, that every generation, God expects every generation to take responsibility for his mission on this earth. Thank God for the generations in the past, because the Bible says God is a God of generations. God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The, the gospel actually did not begin after Jesus died on the cross. The gospel was preached to Abraham when God wanted to restore back in his mission to bring mankind back to himself. He called one man called Abraham. And today, because of that call, <laughs> right now the whole nation of the world <laughs> are fighting against Israel. Because God called that one man Abraham in Genesis 12 and said, come out from your land and I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. And then he says, in you... All the nations of the earth shall be blessed by one man. He didn't even have a child, right? He said, in you, your seed, all the nations, all the ethnic, the 17,000 ethnic groups that came from, from Noah's children, the three sons. And God said, I'm going to bless all those nations through you. And it has two implications. One was the physical Israel, that God wanted to use Israel to be a blessing to all the nations. Secondly, that Jesus Christ came through the seed of Abraham. Amen. And because of that, today, Christ is the blessing to all the nations of the earth. But at the same time, just like the physical Israel was called by God, that's why the turmoil in the Middle East, uh, all the nations around it are against it. The world is divided. Who is on their side, on Hamas? Or, uh, but God, God had a calling, and that's where the gospel began. God wants to use one person and say, through you I can bless the nations. And Jesus became that blessing. Because in the book of Galatians, Paul says that if you are in Christ, we are the seed of Abraham. 
we have something of the seed of Abraham in us. You have a DNA inside you that can cause you to be a blessing to nations. Amen. Do you realize that? You are more than your parents' DNA. You have Abraham's seed in you. Hallelujah. <laughs> when I was about 19 years old, I was a teenager. I went to a pastor to pray, asked him to pray for me. And as he prayed, I didn't realize he began to prophesy over me. I thought he was praying for somebody else. I, I want to turn back and see maybe he's praying for somebody else. And he prayed from Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. He says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you came out of the mother's womb, I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. I'm not even gone beyond my own city and my town. But the prophetic word, he said, I, I have made you a prophet to the nations. So the whole Bible is about nations, if you really look at it. Sadly, the Western culture is about individuals, isn't it? Individualistic, it's about me, it's me. But the whole Bible, if you look at the story, is about the ethne, the people, nations. And if you start looking from that aspect, that's why when Jesus came and he called those disciples who were fishing in a a big lake, which they called it the Sea of Galilee. It wasn't the sea, the ocean like <laughs> the Atlantic or the, it was, it was a 14 mile, 14 mile wide, eight mile wide sea, uh, uh, lake. And he called them out and said, go into all the nations. Because they had the seed of Abraham in them. And this morning, I just want to challenge some of you. Maybe you are living in your little world. But if you recognize there's a call, there's a mission from God for your life, you never realize the impact you can have on the nations of the earth. Amen? Amen. Let me read this morning in Luke 11:50. Jesus said, Therefore this generation will be held responsible. This generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that have been shed, shed since the beginning of the world. In another place, he says, from Abel to Zechariah. When you look at this scripture, you think, wow, Jesus is asking one generation to be responsible to everything that happened in the past. Of course, you are talking to the Pharisees. But what he was implying was each generation is responsible for something bigger than what they are. And I believe this generation is, God is saying to us, not we are not responsible for the past, but we are responsible for the future. I believe God is raising up a generation of people who will finish the task of mission. The task that God gave to Abraham to be a blessing to all the nations. God is going to use you. God is going to use this church. God is going to use your family to be a part of their blessing. That you can be a blessing to the nations of the earth. And that's where Jesus, uh, when he said this generation. I, I am so amazed that. I am thankful to God that I am born in this generation. Isn't it amazing? We have email. Uh, even AI now, you know. Uh, I mean, this generation is so privileged, but at the same time, he said this generation is also responsible for finishing the task of missions. And that's why we are here this morning. Amen. 
Because Jesus said in the book of John chapter 4, in John chapter 4, when the disciples had gone to get bread, the story of the Samaritan woman, and, and you know, they, they were telling Jesus, here, here we brought the food, why won't you eat? And then Jesus said in Matthew, uh, John 4, 34, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, finish his work. I have this passion and I uh, am encouraging the churches around the world that this generation can be the generation that can finish the work. Amen. We can finish the task. There's enough resources, there's enough personnel, there's enough, uh, enough churches around the world to finish the task that Jesus gave. He said, my passion, he said, my food, he didn't say my medicine. <laughs> I'm taking some medicine right now because I'm after some surgery and I just take it for a while and then I forget it. But Jesus did not say it's my medicine to think of finishing. He said my food. Three times a day he was thinking of finishing the task of what the Father has sent him. Of course we know he said it's finished on the cross. But he did not finish there. He gave that commission, he passed the baton of his mission to the church, to you and me, and we are responsible to finish in that task. So this morning my challenge is to have the passion to be a generation that finishes. Like he told the early generation, you are responsible what happened to the past, but you are responsible now. This generation is responsible for the future. Are you willing to take that responsibility? You can be a partner of saying we can and we shall finish the task that Jesus has given to us. Look at St. Paul in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. This is uh, when he spoke to the church in Ephesus. He called the leaders and he knew that he's not going to go back to that church. He planted that church. Uh, but now he can't go back there, so he spoke to the leaders. And this is what he said. However, in verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. Finish the race, race and complete the task. I wonder whether you are running a race. Uh, what kind of race are you running? <laughs> We call it the rat race. You know what the rat race is? They just put a rat on a, one of those uh, turning wheels, right? Have you seen that? And the rat keep running, 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 but in the same place. And life is like a rat race, isn't it? We keep running, running, and, and, and it seems like a never-ending race. But Paul says, he says, I, I, I consider my life worth nothing but to finish the race. Hallelujah. I believe God has called you to be not only finishing the race, but he also says to complete the task. And I was a pastor for many years, and every day I ran the race. Every Sunday after Sunday I ran the race, uh, till I realized, well, you know, I realized I was in the same place, like the wheel, you know. <laughs> Sunday after Sunday, God said, what about finishing the, he said, not only running the, finish the race, but complete the task. And that's why we have dedicated our lives to challenge every church, 
to realize that this generation can finish the task. Amen? We can finish the task. And God is looking for people who will partner with him. He's looking for a generation of finishers. Hallelujah. The mission of God on this earth. As you know, as Pastor mentioned this morning, there's so much happening around the world that sometimes watching the news itself overwhelms us so much. And then you wonder, what's going on, <laughs> right? But, you know, but God is looking for people who can partner with him, who can partner with him. We know the story of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. He had a vision of God in heaven. You know, I used to think, well, when I go to heaven, it's a wonderful place. Angels are there, streets of gold, and all the loved ones will be there. It's going to be a very beautiful and a wonderful place. Yes, it is. That's, that's our goal in life. But when Isaiah saw the vision of God in Isaiah 6, he saw the angels. They sang just like this morning, as you said, holy, holy. They were singing holy and all the worship and the glory of God and everything. And then suddenly he heard a voice. There was a need in heaven. I thought heaven is a place where there are no needs, right? <laughs> we go there because <laughs> we have so many needs on this earth. But when you go to heaven, there is no need. But in heaven, there is a need. And this is what he heard. And then I heard a voice in Isaiah 6, 8. The Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? There's a vacancy in heaven this morning. <laughs> There's a need in heaven. It's not just only, it says, the voice, it says, whom can we send? The whole Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The whole Trinity is saying, whom can we send? Who will go for us? God is looking for people who will say, yes, I'm willing, I'm committed to finishing the task. And he said, here I am, send me. Of course, long before that, when this question was asked, Jesus himself, from the Trinity, he said, here I am, send me. Isaiah was a reflection of that commitment of Jesus. And that's why he told the disciples, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. You are on a mission. You are on an assignment. <laughs> you are called by God. There is no one sitting in this building who is just here by accident. You are called by God at a time like this, in this generation, to take responsibility for what Jesus said. As the Father sent me, I sent you to finish the task. Are you ready to take that call, receive that call? Are you willing to be a part of a solution than being a part of a problem? Yes, the world continuously will never have, will never, will ever have problems, but thank God you are here. You are here. You are a called person. I think you're called, yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's a small brochure, it's a call. A call from heaven. There's a vacancy in heaven. A call from heaven. A lot of people ask me, Pastor, did you receive a call? Did you see a vision? Did you hear the voice of God to get into ministry? I never heard any voice. 
I never any saw any vision, but I heard this word. But if you did not get a call from heaven, in the book of Luke, Jesus also talked about another call. He told a story about the reality of eternity. He first of all told about the, 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 the what's the word you use? The injustice on this earth. The disparity that's on the earth. He, showed, he said there was a rich man who was living in a palace. And then there was a poor man who was living at the gate. His name was Lazarus. He was a beggar. And he had wounds. And the rich man had the best food and everything. But the poor man, he had nothing here. He got only the leftovers. And the dogs would come and lick his wounds because he had no access to medical facilities. When you look at the world, you see these two disparate or two, the opposites, and we always question why. And the world has been trying to gap this, the, the bridge between the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots, the privileged and the underprivileged, the underdogs and the, you know, the top dogs. You know, constantly the world is telling us. But Jesus was bringing this story to tell us there is an eternal reality that can never be gapped, bridged. The eternal life and eternal hell. Because later he said, both of these people died. First the rich man died, or the poor man died, and he was carried to the angel, by the angels to Abraham's bosom. I want you to know there's so much happening what you do not see with your natural eyes. And do not allow what you see to determine what real life is. Jesus gave us a parable to show us that human life on this earth is temporal, is limited, but eternal life is what we are created for. Amen. The rich man also ended up, he was buried, he had a wonderful burial. <laughs> he, I'm sure the best undertakers gave him the best burial, but it says he ended up in the lake of fire. In hell, it says, he lifted up his eyes and he saw on the other side, Lazarus, the rich poor man, was in the Abraham's bosom and he, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, please send someone. So send him and give me a drop of water because I'm burning in this hell. And Abraham, of course, said, he can't. There's a gap, there's a What's the word it's mentioned there? There's a gulf between us. I think the most painful thing in hell will be to realize that there are consequences that you cannot change. That'd be the greatest pain. And that's why, thank God, this morning we have the opportunity to choose our eternal destiny, isn't it? And we are given the mission to tell people about the eternal destiny of mankind. And when he was denied the opportunity of getting water, he made another request. And that's the request I want to ask, say this morning. He said, he said, then Father Abraham, he said, I have five brothers. Please send someone to my father's house. The call from hell also, send someone, send someone. We cannot ignore that call. Maybe you did not get the call from heaven like Isaiah. You did not see the angels. 
heaven calling and saying, whom can we send? But hell is also appealing to us this morning. Please send someone to my father's house. I have five brothers that they can be stopped. I believe for every person that goes to hell, we can stop five people. If we take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations of the earth. Amen. That's the call. That's the mission of God on this earth. That's what we exist for. That's why the church is here. That's where you are here. To carry that gospel. And I believe this generation is responsible to finish that task. Amen. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Still the need is the same, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus did all the miracles. He raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. He fed the 5,000. But when he comes to taking the gospel, he said there's a need. He said the laborers are. He never said the money is few. <laughs> he never said the plants are few. He said the harvest is plentiful. There's a vacancy. The laborers are few. Pray therefore to the Lord of the harvest. And he also emulated this in the book of Matthew 20 when he talked about the 11th hour workman. You remember the story? He said a man went out in Matthew 20. He told the story and he went early morning to bring hire laborers to work in his field. So he went first thing in the morning uh, according to the Jewish calendar time, sixth hour he went. And then, you know, that's nine in the morning or six in the morning, whatever the time. And then he went three hours later and brought some more laborers. And then he went at 12 o'clock and said, come and work in my vineyard. And then he went at three o'clock. And then just before the, the evening work was over, six o'clock, at five o'clock, we call it the 11th hour. He went at the 11th hour in verse six of Matthew 20. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and he said to them why have you been standing idly all day maybe that's a question God is asking why have you been standing idle all day do you consider your life what you do in your life your mission in life do you find that you're doing a lot of things, but actually you are idle, doing nothing in that sense to affect eternity. The question is asked, why, do you, why have you been standing here all day idle? And they said to him, because no one hired us. Again, there's a need this morning. No one hired us. And the man said, I'll hire you. You go and work in my vineyard. And I said, I will give you whatever is right you will receive. So you know the story, there's all these people, some work for 12 hours, some work for 8 hours, 6 hours, 3 hours, and then this last group worked only for 1 hour, the 11th hour workmen, we call them. But they were given the same reward because they were expected to do the work and finish it. I believe this generation that means you and me. We are the 11th hour workmen. God is looking for us and say, hey, it's time to finish my tasks. The night cometh when no one can work, the Bible says. Will you come and work in my vineyard? That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God's mission. And I want to pray this morning. I know the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. 
Mission is not done out of guilt, not out of persuasion, but by motivation that comes from the love of God, from the heart of God, that the world is lost. There are millions who are going to lose eternity. We need to do something. We must do something. Amen. That's the mission of God. Hallelujah. There's a need in heaven. There's a call from hell. And there's a master who is asking, why are you standing idle all day? The time is about to end in your life. Will you do something that will impact eternity? If so, I want to invite you. I want to encourage you to make a commitment this morning. You say, here I am, send me. Heaven's need is not what? The heaven's need is always a who. The world's solution is not going to be because of what and where and how much. It's only when God finds a who. God finds a who. And I believe there are many people who can say, yes, here I am. Amen. Here I am. God doesn't need what. He needs a who. Will you say, yes, here I am. I'm going to be committed. When it comes to this, Unreached people groups, over, over, over 3,000 in my own region and over 4,000 around the world. We can't finish the task because Jesus said, you know, in Matthew 24, verse 14. Matthew 24, verse 14. He said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the nations, the ethnic. The nations there, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the countries, the United Nations, over 200 countries. He's talking about the 17,000 ethnic groups. He said, this gospel must be preached to all those ethnic groups. Then shall the end come. Then shall the end come. As we sang this evening, the Holy Spirit led me to read this verse. We sang the, sang, sang the, we, we sang the song of the Lamb. All the angels cry, holy, holy. You know what the background of that? It's the end of the story, and that is when, they, when John saw the, the end story. And they saw people worshiping God before the Lamb, and they said, You are worthy to take the scroll and open his, uh, open his seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe, every language, every people, and every ethnic. That's the end story. We can finish it. Amen. From every tribe, language, ethnic, that people, group, and nation, we can take the gospel. Hallelujah. And that's the call for this church today. That's the heart of God's mission. You know, in October 2014, there was a young man called Bill Spencer. He was a skateboard rider and he had a serious accident in New South Wales here. And he, this serious injury, and, and he, he died. He, the doctors kept him on life support, and, and they did so much surgery. And, then, and, the, and the, when the parents came to see, the doctors asked, have you ever thought of donating his organs to somebody else? It was a very difficult decision. And uh, they said, okay, that's the only thing we can do for our son. So they said, we will donate his organs. So eventually when he died, they donated his eyes to some person and donated his heart to somebody else. 
But later on, these parents got to know eventually the person who got the heart, the son's heart, and they, and they, and they, and they, they had the opportunity to connect with them. And this is what happened when they went to see the parents, went to see that man who had the heart. The father said, I want to take a stethoscope. And when he met that man, that man was well and alive, but he said, I want to, he took the stethoscope and put it in his father, in the man's heart. And he said, I want to hear the heartbeat of my son. And as he listened, as he listened, he said, I can hear my son's heartbeat. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died on the cross, God gave his heart to us. He transplanted the very heart of God. That's what blood is about. We sing about the heart is about pumping blood, about circulation of your blood. That's where life is. The heart of the father was to give his son and today when he puts his stethoscope on the church, we know we are alive today. But does he feel the heartbeat of the Father? Does he feel the heartbeat of heaven? Whom can we send? Who will go for us? Does he feel the lost for whom his son was given? Does he feel the heartbeat of the people who are dying and you know, going into a lost eternity? Does he feel the cry from hell? Please send someone to my father's house. I wanted to stand this morning. As you think of missions, that's a heartbeat of God. And as we sing this morning, I sang this morning, that song is not complete until every tribe, every language, every people group we stand before the throne and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Because from every tribe, language, people, group, and ethnic, God has redeemed us so we can worship him. Hallelujah. We can worship him. This morning, I know the Holy Spirit is very real in our midst. I know the anointing of God is here. But it's not just a sensation but it's a possibility of partnering with God. Partnering with God. Will you say, yes, Lord, I will partner with you. I do not know what, how, or when, but I am willing. Here I am. He's not here what I have. He's not here what I can do, but here I am. God is looking for I am. Amen. If you say that, yes, Lord, I just want to pray with you. Maybe we'll sing that song. Can we sing that song again? That's the end story. Amen. Everything is the culmination of this is this. The end of the story. It's not the wars. It's not Israel. Yes, all that will happen. But the end is from every nation, tribe and language, people will sing holy. A thousand generations falling down in worship. Yes, there's a call from heaven. There's a call from hell. And there's a prayer from Jesus. The laborers are few. Whom can we send? If you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to partner. I'm going to be a person who will pray. I'm a person going to be a person who will give for your mission. 
even if I cannot go, but I will send someone because you have called us for this mission. If you say, yes, I want to make a commitment this morning. I just want to pray for you. Pray with you because we all need each other. None of us are above each other. We need to pray together. So if you say, yes, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Just, just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you because you are going to take a step to impact eternity. You may never change what happens on this earth, but you can surely change what happens in eternity by the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. Father, I just thank you. The people have heard the cry from heaven today. Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? I thank you, Lord, that this morning that the mission of the Father that Jesus, you sent Jesus to this earth. And Jesus, you said, as the Father sent me, now I send you to the world. I thank you, Father, that these have heard the call or been sent by the Father. And I pray, Lord, even as they made this decision today, that you will begin to orchestrate things in their lives. You begin to work things out together for good, for your purpose, Lord, not for their personal benefit but for the kingdom of God, I pray for your glory and honor that they be used for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The work you begin this morning, you are going to complete it. You are a faithful God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.